The big words today are disinformation and misinformation. The idea that what you think is not correct and somebody is going to tell you what you really need to know. Maybe it's big tech, maybe it's the government. How do we know what to believe? This idea of disinformation is a big obsession with the government these days. Um, the Biden administration, a couple of years ago, actually formed what they call the Disinformation Governance Board. You might not remember, it was sort of uh, rolled out um, subtly in 2022. But what we find is it has become the means by which the White House coordinates with Google and Facebook and other social media platforms to limit what they disapprove of as misinformation or intentional disinformation. It's always nervous, nervous, it makes me nervous when the government decides that they will be the arbiter of what is true and accurate and what is not. It kind of feels like the Ministry of Truth that we read about in George Orwell's book, 1984, a spooky uh, model of a government who controls all information and reshapes history at the drop of a hat in order to justify whatever their next moves are. We've entered into 1984 some time ago. In fact, we can go all the way back to the Barack Obama administration. Maybe you remember in August of 2009, as patriotic citizens crowded into town hall meetings all across the country to oppose the unveiling of Obamacare, the Obama administration issued, uh, uh, they released a video that encouraged Americans to report examples of other Americans who disagreed with the policy or who spoke out against it in public platforms. In fact, you were invited to send an email to flag at whitehouse.gov to report on those who were uh, spreading misinformation. Ironically, President Obama himself told us back in those days that if you like your insurance plan or your doctor or both, you'll be able to keep them. Except that PolitiFact awarded the president in 2013 the lie of the year. For that statement. The government lies to us, but they're busy making sure that, that we don't lie back to them or to each other. Even after the debacle that was Obamacare in 2013, we remember that the Internal Revenue Service confessed to applying different levels of scrutiny to the applications for nonprofits who were asking for nonprofit status, uh, but who had organizations that had terms like Tea Party or Patriot in their name. In other words, the agency charged with administering our nation's tax laws decided to punish people in organizations who dared to call themselves patriotic. Apparently, being patriotic was misinformation. Well, the Biden administration has not only picked up where the Obama administration left off, but they have raced forward at breakneck speed. A couple of years ago, in 2021, Attorney General Merrick Garland issued 
a letter to federal prosecutors, which he also coordinated with the White House, that directed those prosecutors to investigate protests by Americans at school boards and to view them as possible incidents of domestic terrorism. We know that they are now pressuring big tech companies to further restrict free speech. Ironically, uh, the government is the one telling us that uh, the U.S. southern border is secure, there's no crisis, there's no problem, and yet we know that that's a lie. In fact, the state of Texas has recently expelled federal border agents from a stretch of the Texas-Mexico border, and they've taken control of that section of the border so that the state can arrest and process uh, illegal immigrants who make their way without proper uh, documentation into the state of Texas. Because Texas has taken seriously the protection of their own border, the Biden administration is now suing the state of Texas so that they can reclaim control of that section of the border. The bottom line is somebody somewhere is lying to us, all the while assuring us that only they are telling us the truth. When the government becomes the arbiter of truth, you should be suspicious. When the government tries to define truth, you should go in the opposite direction. They, they're not only trying to uh, correct misinformation, but they themselves have become the pra practitioners of disinformation. Well, we've seen that in lots of ways in recent years. Uh, primarily, we've seen it in, this, uh, in the capturing of the American mind by a philosophy that we use in shorthand, we call it wokeism. To be woke is to have an approach towards current events where you evaluate everything that happens through the lens of inherent racism and sexism in everything. Uh, the pr practitioners of wokeism tell us that uh, racism and sexism are, are built into the system, so nothing happens that can't be evaluated through those lens. Now, that really carried the day for the last couple of years. It's been interesting to watch what I think is the turning of the tide intellectually in this country. And here's the, here's the example that I want to point to. Recently, the president of Harvard University, a woman named Claudine Gay, was forced to resign uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, she was forced to resign because she testified before Congress and refused to condemn uh, anti-Semitic language and activity on the, on the Harvard campus. Uh, she couldn't bring herself to, to condemn that uh, truly uh, racially motivated hate speech and crimes on the campus. In fact, uh, a recent study of 248 universities in America found that uh, they ranked these, these schools by the levels of free speech allowed. And Harvard University, the oldest, maybe most prestigious university in America, ranked 248th, dead last in the ability for students and professors to have free speech on that campus. Well, Claudine Gay 
uh, refused to, to condemn anti-Semitism, both in word and in deed. Plus, it turns out that this uh, president of an esteemed academic institution uh, has built her career on academic production that is plagued by dozens of, of confirmed instances of plagiarism. In other words, her entire academic career, her credentials are shams because it's not original work. Now, because of both the embarrassment to Harvard by her testimony before Congress, but also because of the, uh, the problems with her academic career, she was forced to resign recently. But here's where it gets interesting. Claudine Gay is a black woman, an African-American woman. And in her uh, resignation, she followed the normal pattern of the woke by alluding to racial animus as the cause of her departure. In fact, that's a key pillar of the whole woke mindset. You just accuse something or someone of racism or some other ism, and voila, you absolve yourself from any responsibility and you shift blame entirely onto somebody else. What's fascinating, it's not surprising that she went there and blamed the fact that she's black for the reason that she was being fired, although when it comes to it, uh, refusing to condemn anti-Semitism and cheating in your academic career in what you produced under your name, uh, neither one of those problems that are both sufficient causes for her dismissal, neither one of those causes have anything to do with her race or her gender. And yet, that's where she blamed. And the, the high priests of wokeism followed suit. Ibrahim Kendi said, racist mobs won't stop until they topple all black people from positions of power. Oh my stars. Racist mobs were out in the streets demanding that anywhere there's a black woman in charge of anything, we want her fired. But that's the party line that they play. Nicole Hannah-Jones, who is the, uh, the author, the architect of the 1619 Project, which is, which is disinformation at its finest, she said that black women will be made to pay. <laughs> Cornell West, a professor, a black professor, he found a way to link all of this to the Israel-Hamas war. And he said, this racism against both Palestinians and black people is undeniable and despicable. Well, let me be straightforward. This is all profoundly foolish. In fact, we should not hesitate to say out loud and unapologetically that this is absurd. Claudine Gay is out of a job because she failed to condemn genocidal language against Jews and because of substantial documented evidence of plagiarism. Neither of those things have to do with her skin color or her sex. But notice this. We, can't, we haven't been able to define the word woman for several years in America, and so we've been told not to use it. And yet here, when it works in the favor of the progressive left, now we can talk about this poor woman 
and the way she's being uh, approached as in, in a sexist manner. What she has demonstrated is that she has practiced both incompetence and misconduct at the highest levels of academia. But instead of accepting that and Harvard dismissing her for those causes, she tries to downplay her incompetence and her unethical behavior by appealing to the idea that she has a different set of moral expectations. Because she's a black woman, she, in a, sen in a sense, doesn't have to follow the rules that everybody else has to follow. That's called racism and sexism in reverse. Lowering moral expectations because of someone's sex or skin color is, in fact, the soft bigotry of low expectations. Now, here's what is encouraging about all of this. The response of regular folks on social media. Wokeism has been the dominant idea in America over the last couple of years. But after this Harvard episode, it's been interesting to watch that almost universally, Claudine Gay and her woke defenders have been scoffed at on social media. There has been a universal dismissal and ridicule, not because racism and sexism are acceptable, but because America is finally waking up to the fact that fake racism and imagined sexism are actually threats to the fight against the real forms of those problems. When everything is racist and sexist, then nothing is racist and sexist. Now it is finally beginning to be possible to laugh and dismiss the craziness that we have been taught over the last couple of years. Wokeism is a corrupt worldview that collapses because it has no willingness to take moral responsibility for its actions. Americans have seen so many absurdities. Remember when we were told that math is racist, that two plus two equals four is somehow white supremacy? Americans are finally saying, I'm tired of this. I'm not gonna be silent any longer. I'm all in favor of protecting the marginalized and the oppressed, but that's not what the woke are doing. This is a form of cultural Marxism and it is against freedom of expression, it is against moral responsibility, it is a danger to national unity, and it is poison to cultural sanity. Christians should oppose it in every chance that we get. Well, how do we think about things like truth? Here's the thing, when you can't trust anybody, you can't trust big tech, you can't trust mainstream media, when you can't trust what's being said to you, you have to go to a source of information that you can trust. You say, well, Pastor, you're going to tell me to read the Bible. Absolutely, I'm going to tell you to read the Bible. Well, the Bible doesn't keep me up to date on, on, on current events. Well, here's the thing. The Bible keeps your mind centered on truth. And with the Holy Spirit that is in us, immersing your mind in the Word of God actually strengthens your ability to discern what is true and what is false in the broader culture. Let me give you some verses for you to consider when you have time. Psalm 119, verse 163. 
The psalmist says, I hate and loathe falsehood, but I love your law. Specifically, he says, because I hate the falsehoods that are around me, I immerse myself in your law. We can go to the book of Proverbs. In Proverbs chapter 30, verse 8, it says this. This is a prayer. The, the, the writer of Proverbs says, keep deception and lies far from me. You see, he goes to God and says, give me what I need to recognize the falsehoods around me. If you can't trust the typical sources of information that are assaulting us on a daily basis, bring yourself into the presence of an unshakable, unchangeable truth and let that uh, establish in your mind uh, your approach to evaluating everything else that comes out comes at you. Let me finish with these. Psalm chapter 14, verses 1 through 5. Listen to these words. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have committed detestable acts. There is no one who does good. All right? That's the verse that tells us that people who claim to be atheists are by definition fools because the evidence is overwhelming even just to open your eyes. To say there is no God is to, uh, is to put yourself in an untenable intellectual position. Verse 2, the Lord has looked down from heaven upon the sons of mankind to see if there are any who understand, who seek God. They have all turned aside. Together they are corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Do all the workers of injustice not know, who devour my people as they eat bread and do not call upon the Lord? There they are in great dread, for God is with a righteous generation. Here's the bottom line. You say, I can't keep up with current events if I only read the Bible. I'm not saying that you only read the Bible. I'm saying that you primarily spend time in the presence of God and in the Word of God because that establish, establishes the ability in our minds to accurately discern better what is true and what is false around us. The government is worried about disinformation and misinformation. What they mean by those words is anything that disagrees with the administration's position on something. We're concerned about disinformation and misinformation because we know we're being lied to. How do we face a culture built on lies? We make our way to the foundation of the Word of God and we fill our minds with that and that makes us better in discerning everything else that happens around us. Don't write off the Word of God as irrelevant. It is the key to developing a transformed mind that allows us to not be conformed to the world around us. This is Truth Currents.